this is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that would no doubt try a kaiju burger but only with a shot of jaegermeister my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode kaijun continues as our look into giant-sized monsters find us adding giant-sized robots as we talk guillermo del toro's giant-sized flick pacific rim and whether or not you are 100% drift compatible with us, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your breach hole. And if you find yourself drifting on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk. At Nightmare Junk. Or on the Book of Face, where it leads to the event tab, which leads to shenanigans. <laughs> And kaiju shenanigans. And as apparently we are not drift compatible <laughs> at all, I don't know where my head is, but this episode is releasing on Friday, June 11th, and Screenland, they will have your kaiju and genre needs taken care of indoors, outdoors, and possibly virtually if I can keep my stuff together here. <laughs> my goodness gracious. Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to peel behind the thing. This is the third time <laughs> I tried to mushmouth my way through our intro here. I don't know what's happening. Apparently, there's something going through the breach. Yeah, that's it. All of a sudden, like, Kansas City is going to be attacked by a giant kaiju. I think so. I think so. Well, here's the thing. If you are listening on Friday, June 11th, our latest Friday Night Fright finds us going international and a film that I could probably argue might be Dario Argento's most accessible film. This is probably one of my favorite ones. This one, I love... I'm not giving away anything, but I've seen multiple viewings where multiple people were like, yeah, at the end, and me included. No, it definitely rewards a rewatch, and this particular cut that we're watching is Dario Argento's Phenomena, not Creepers. Ooh. There is a distinct difference. In fact, this is the 106-minute cut. Nice. Which... More I'm, madness. I'm kind of curious to see what they add on, and I actually own this on Blu-ray, but I have not watched this particular cut yet. I've been kind of holding out for something like this. So I'm anxious to see how this one plays. And I don't know if we're going to get more Iron Maiden, you know, which they utilize a lot of flash of the blade in this in this film. More monkey business. Oh, ha ha. Or maybe uh, more pleasance. I had six more scenes. Regardless, I can guarantee you will have a blast with this. Now, I should mention, if you can't make it out for Friday Night Frights and you want to see the film... Screenland does ultimately replay it, usually that next week, on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. So make sure that if you're wanting to see some of these films and you can't come out on Friday, make sure to come out during sometime during the week. You can definitely pick it up. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the other repertory screenings that are going on indoors, we have, we have one where literally all I have to say is hack the planet Ooh, and I guarantee a number of people are just going to go. Okay, '90s activated. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Matthew Lillard, Angela and Joe Lee, hackers. I had that movie on VHS 
and I had to get multiple copies because it got worn out. That it, movie was rad. It is a lot of fun. A lot of rollerblading. I mean, this is a pure 90s film. This is paging. This is hacking. I thought that's what hacking was. You know, like going into like virtual mazes and like cookie monsters literally eating cookies and just like acid burn, you know? Serial killer. All the good like usernames that I guarantee everyone took when they went on to like AOL <laughs> online initially. <laughs> yeah. Guaranteed. Acid burn at yahoo.com is probably somebody's email. But they had to like change it so like capital A. Like, or, yeah, the little underscore one. <laughs> Curse all the original ones out there. But now the other one that is playing is a very critically acclaimed flick, uh, Moonlight. Ooh, ooh. With, with Barry Jenkins. Oh, oh, yeah. that's one. I'm yes. thinking Moonlighting. Moonlight. <laughs> no, we're not showing the entirety of Moonlighting. There's... I liked Moonlight a lot. Moonlight, That no, was a great movie. It's a legit good film. Yeah, it was. And so if you need something now, of course, those are all indoors. Now, outdoors on Friday on the 11th, uh, <laughs> the film Rocket Man will be playing. The Harlan yeah. Williams one? <laughs> that's just it. God help me. I initially thought, oh, wow, that's an interesting choice to play outdoors. I like the Harlan Williams one. But it is not the Harlan Williams one. It is the recent one. Oh, with it's the, the Elton El John one. Yes, the Elton oh. John biopic. <laughs> oh, That's cool, too. I mean, like... <laughs> Although, if they could have gotten the guy that played Elton John to do the... <laughs> you know, when he finds out, he gets to go to the moon. Oh, man, I can't imagine if they had Elton John played by Harlan Williams. Hell, if they had, would have had uh, Elton John played by William Sadler, I think I would have checked that out as well. But then on Saturday, a film that I saw back in 1982 in the theater, and I have not watched it since because of the crying that happened to me and just the emotional experience, uh, Steven Spielberg's E.T. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't seen that one since I was little. I, I have not watched it, since, and I'm going to name drop someone here. But in 1982, Troy Huber talked me through the very end of the film when I thought E.T. was dead and he was not going to be phoning home. Literally, one of my friends had to talk me through it because I was sobbing throughout the entire... And I have not gone back to that film since. I have not watched that special edition when they got rid of the... The, the guns and the, the walkie-talkies. Walkie yeah. I have not experienced any of that since. So I'm, I kind of want to make sure I go out and maybe try to experience it again. But so if you're out there and you're out and you hear someone sobbing, it's probably me. <laughs> My apologies. Now, of course, that's outdoors and indoors. But if you still want to go ahead and try to uh, support Screenland, you can become a member of their film family by heading over to patreon.com slash Screenland, where they have a number of tiers. They've got the Screenland podcast, a number of watch parties, including the Shutter shoutouts that Genius and I do where we stream two films off of Shudder, and then we provide a whole heaping of customized content, including a pre-show, we do a little bit of an intro. Some yakety-smackety. We have afterwards. a good time with it. All the time. And our next one we're actually going to be doing on Saturday. It'll be June 26th. And our double feature, we've actually, we, we just put it together, mm -hmm. but what are we going to be feasting upon? We are going to be feasting on Wax Mask, which is a... Dario Argento produced, produced film. Yes, it was one that he wanted uh, Fulci to do. Yeah, but Fulci passed. But it sounds wild, and it's, it sounds well. It's going to be a first time viewing. Yeah, but then we're going to see Skull: The Mask, which is part police procedural, part slasher, part supernatural monster movie. Um, 
if you like Psycho Gorman, you're probably it's this is a not funny version of it because yeah. there's a he definitely turns somebody into a sword out of bones. It's it's a violent violent movie. It's, it's it, great. It is a lot of fun, and yeah, you can have access to that content by becoming a member of the Screenland Film Family again by heading to Patreon.com/slash Screenland. But hey, genius! If I am talking uh, film family and Patreon, a belly, and again, we are now uh, a full year into our Patreon content as well, mm-hmm. of which you can gain access to by heading to Patreon.com/slash/NightmareJunkhead. They've been a lot of fun. Well, we've had a blast putting everything together, mm-hmm. uh, and I will just say a real quick shout out to uh, Patrick Bromley and everyone at FThisMovie.net. We are already about uh, 11 days into Junesploitation. And if you're not familiar with Junesploitation, it is a, what FThisMovie.net. It's a great website, a great film community. Every June, they designate every day of June with a theme. Mm-hmm. And the idea is you just watch a movie within the theme. And it is very flexible. You don't have to you know, argue or justify adjacent stuff. Uh, but it's fantastic, and at this point, I definitely want to plug, if you just go to our $1 squidly diddly tier, uh, I put out three little reaction episodes a week, uh, 10 to 15 minutes of me watching a film for the first time. Mm-hmm. And for like June and July, all of them will be in accordance with June's exploitation. And let's just say for Henry Silva Day... Yes, there's a Henry Silva day. Let me just tell you, that's why you should be participating. I had a chance to watch Sharky's Machine for the first time. Mm-hmm. A little Burt Reynolds flick where he's basically Dirty Harry in Atlanta. Oh, yeah? It's it's quite good. It's quite good. Uh, but to have access to that and so much more, head over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead where we have everything from a squidly diddly to another time. Another place. Uh, yeah, It has been a lot of fun, man. It's mm-hmm. just the commentaries. The In fact... Even some of the the films that we've watched for the first time. For the new horror. Night of the Demons 2 has been a blast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dolls. Extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Appreciate everyone out there. Now, as we continue our giant-sized month of Kaijun here, Genius, I realized that uh, we're just kind of a small show here. If we're going giant-sized, we kind of have to summon up a giant-sized friend. Mm-hmm. And since we're looking at a giant-sized film, we thought we'd bring the most giant-sized man we know. I don't know if we have to do a Mothra-esque little... Um, Balsuraya, Balsuraya. <laughs> you know him as the co-host of the Media Rewind podcast. Please welcome back to Nightmare Junkhead, Dustin Pryor. I'll see you after the show for calling me Basura. No, I didn't say Basura. <laughs> Singing the ancient trash song. Well, hello, gents. How are you doing? What's doing well, on? man, as always. Thank you for joining oh, us. I appreciate you guys letting me sit in because we just got done watching and like, we got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, we talk this ab- is a fresh rewatch. Well, in the, we'll get into Pacific Rim specifically. However, before we get into that... I do want to take a second or two to talk about the fact that I'm still reeling from the Godzilla screening myself and the Godzilla experience mm-hmm. from the movie, the imagery, but more importantly, the dun 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 dun. That has been an earworm in my head for the past week. It's been ridiculous. Like, and then that leads to another. I'm over there like. About to give my cats food. I'm like, bum, bum, <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Throw it a scoop in. Dun, dun, dun. And then I have to push him away. 
bum, 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 bum. <laughs> the fact that you can throw it into everyday life just shows you how magical that score is. It's a laser pointer. Bum, 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 bum. Watch the do flips and shit. <laughs> it's amazing how well it fits into every avenue of life, and it just shows you the complexity and the diversity of the score. No, it's one of those. It has. It's been on the precipice of my subconscious forever now. It's just there's something about that film. Mm-hmm. And we're talking a film that, you know, set in 1954 that still has relevance, that still has after effects, that still has fans to this day. And one of those fans, no doubt, is one Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah. Pappy McPoyle loves him some giant monster movies. <laughs> he loves him some monsters in general. Uh-huh. And I think that's one of the things I love so much about him is he, like a Rob Zombie, or someone along those lines, is someone that has such reverence for monsters and creatures and the the bad guys that you see it at every single one of his films where there is a little bit of reverence for that. And that's one of the reasons I've grown to just love his movies so much and the fact that he's a big old fanboy, mm-hmm. like a huge fanboy. Of, of monsters and creatures and old-timey things. He loves that stuff. The fact, like... I've seen pictures of Bleak House, and I want to go. Oh, yeah. Well, just everything he does is fucking rad. It's he just, again, and I know there are some of the directors out there that, again, Adam Green and Joe Lynch included, that hate that, like, fan-turned-director because well, they always they always argue that, well, shouldn't you be a fan if you're into movies? But not they're not fans like Guillermo or like Steven Spielberg, you know, where... They wear their passion of their storytelling, and they have a specific genre. I mean, they've fans of that genre. You have to be to be a good director. But like we've seen horror movies directed by people who probably have never even seen a horror movie. Cashing a check, right? Exactly, and it yeah, shows. Unfortunately, yeah. and it shows exactly. You have movies like Del Toro that, and then you have movies that are just like, ugh, you know. But the one thing there's always <laughs> the details of it. Even if like giant kaiju movies aren't your thing. For him, it's always about like the dark fairy tale, and it's always the little mini details and the monsters. And even this isn't even his first foray into the kaiju. Uh, Hellboy Two mm-hmm. had yeah. that big giant spirit of the earth kaiju fucking decimating the city, and that was like one of the better setter set pieces of Part Two. So, again, to breathe life into those monsters, the fact that the if anybody else, these could have been like just giant generic monsters. You know, mm-hmm. but each one had its own distinct personality. Same thing with the Jaeger. Same thing with the whole entire world. Well, and that's the thing that he brings to it. He makes yeah doesn't just make a movie. He makes a universe like it Pan's Labyrinth. That's mm-hmm. a whole universe and a world in itself. But like this one, the fact that you see the minute details of like the day to day, like with the black market aspect of it. I love his style. I love his movies. Ever since Mimic, I am a big fan of his. Well, that's just it. Like, try to go back to the beginning. Do you? Because I, I, I remember seeing Mimic in the theater. I do not remember it being anything about Del Toro. It was right before he kind of hit big. Dustin, do you remember your initial kind of interactions with anything with Del Toro? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna sound like a total hipster when I say this, but it's gonna be you know like really he hit my radar with Pacific Rim. And, and I will say this. I don't like all of his films, but I appreciate what he does in every single one of his films. Yeah. Like, everything is unique. It's not like... It, 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 he has loving homages from other, you know, areas of film, mm. but it's never just a straight ripoff to try to, you know, say, oh, oh, this is my idea, totally. 
you know, like we see with you know some directors or some you know some projects that are out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we I made the comment to you guys while we were watching the film. Pacific Rim is what Michael Bay wanted to try to do with Transformers. Yeah, to make a, to make a gigantic, good fight. Yeah, gigantic robots that you could actually see the, you know, like the musculature and, yeah. the, you know, the the animation and everything. And it's just like, this was perfect. This was a gigantic monster movie. So, no, exactly. That's something we say on uh, Media Rewind. Shameless crossover plug. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Shout um, out, Lance. You're right. No, that's something we say. The fights are always better when you can actually see the moveature. Like you said, just to see the actual fight. With Michael Bay, it just looks like two tin cans flopping around, you know? But back to Del Toro, one thing I remember about my first time seeing him, I saw Mimic in the theater, and the thing that really stuck out about me was, one, I was actually genuinely scared of that movie, the giant face covering cockroaches, but the fact that the two kids who you think you're going to survive throughout the middle, halfway through, you see them get violently (laughs) eaten by these roaches, and I go, holy shit, this director went there, and then I remember, okay, Guillermo Del Toro, I'll remember that name. So, like... That kind of shit. When you pull a Stephen King like that, you know that's that's somebody to watch out for. And I have never. I would then I backwards engineered to Kronos, and then yep. I even watched The Stand or the um, no no the um, the Strain, the show uh, yep, that he that produced w- with vampires, yep. and that was slick. So yeah. Well, he has his own distinct style. I remember going from Blade into Blade Two and realizing Del Toro was directing Blade, and from the get go, Blade Two is rad as yeah. shit. It's one of his movies, mm-hmm. and I th- he has just, just that great, great aesthetic, the style, the reverence. I think, and the Ron Perlman, oh. the fact that he's established a character. You know, that he's already putting together his own little stable of people. Yeah. And when you can add Ron Perlman <laughs> as one of the people that you can you know, pretty much expect in any of your films, as we said, it just makes it everything yep. better. Uh, the fact that, as you mentioned before, he's Poppy McPoyle. <laughs> he is legit technically a member of the McPoyle family from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Bring me his eyes! And if you have not watched that, it's, and if you've never watched, actually, have you ever watched him like at a Q&A at a con? He is one of the filthiest swearing, <laughs> calls everyone a cocksucker. He's like, uh, what's his bucket from? Bob Saget. No, yeah, well, kind of <laughs> like Bob Saget. I was going to say Ian McShane oh, from yeah, uh, Deadwood. Yeah, a swear engine. Yeah, swear engine. Deadwood. <laughs> but just swears up and down, but it's his passion. And just everything he does, you can see the love involved. And I will say this, with a lot of his movies, some of them have grown on me. A lot of them, it did take me several several viewings to either fully appreciate it or to fully fall in love with it. Because I think there's just, there's a lot of stuff going on with a lot of his movies. And again, whether oh, it yeah. is a straight up Hellboy flick, which is more action, bang, bang, a lot of fun, versus something that's more serious, like a Pan's Labyrinth, um, you know, Shape of Water... He's very, he's got a number of tools in his tool belt that he can apply and make genre just really expansive. It's just, it's kind of incredible what he does. Because it's visually stunning. It's visually intriguing. What he does, even with like things that we think of and heard before, like uh, of, of fairies and like fairy tale creatures, he twists it and makes it creepy and weird, like the blind man in, in Pan's Labyrinth and, or the giant roaches in, mm-hmm. in Mimic or fucking the kaiju. The fact that you can make... Uh, 
giant monster so distinct and terrifying at the same time. You know, he has that again, that flair and that detail for the monsters. Everything he does, whether it be on a grand scale or very minimalistic or very everything is the the devil is in the details with yeah. Del Toro. So mm-hmm. that's what I love about him. He's he is a storyteller. He knows what he wants to say and how it wants to look. And I like his style. Well, and it's like you were saying, you know, one of the things I appreciate about Pacific Rim so much is the world building. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not just a giant robot fighting a giant monster. You know, it's it's the black market. It, you know, bringing in Perlman as the black market, you know, guru. You know, it's it's just adding those layers that tell the story even better than just a gigantic action movie. Yeah. Well, and I think that's also why this film goes right about two hours plus, because you could make a mm-hmm. very lean and mean 90 minute film be very entertaining without all that yeah (laughs) Yeah. but he adds that he wants you to be able to enjoy and live and breathe in this world but that's also like the again it's about the detail and the 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 world building that also is a blessing and a curse and as much as i love all of his movies i will be the first one to say they can be down at 20 minutes sometimes oh yeah you can (laughs) cut a little little bit of that yakety yak out and you'll be okay you'll still have a great movie on your hands well, I remember initially seeing the trailer for Pacific Rim and just people losing their mind because, you know, it's Del Toro making a kaiju movie, giant monsters, giant robots, and the kicker was the rocket elbow mm-hmm. with the fist. And I remember seeing it on the big screen, and I, my buddy Adonis was with me. He's like, ah, he just lost it. And I was like, oh, I'm all in. I'm all in. Again, it goes to that base needs of seeing yep. things smash each other and then... As we've grown with the kaiju, we need something to fight it. So we have those giant robots. Mm-hmm. It's been already been established in canon that with the jet jaguars, and then with a whole generation of people growing up on Power Rangers, which is robots versus kaijus. Absolutely. They're ready to see a big screen adaptation of it. And I know I was ready to fucking see it, too, especially when it looked tight like that. Ah, uh, I saw this in the theater and was pleasantly, happily surprised. I saw it in the theater as well, and I, not to be scandalous, but I liked it in the theater. I loved everything with the giant robots, the monsters, and we'll get to why I only liked it rather than loved it. But I have to assume I have to assume you were probably hanging. Out, you guys saw it in the theater together. Oh, yeah. Okay. If if you can say anything from like '96, if it's an action film like '96 on to current day, Genius and oh, I have probably I seen it together. It. Yeah. And probably we've seen it multiple yeah. times on opening weekend. Yeah. I mean, hell, I can't even tell you how many times we saw John Wick 2. Yeah, that was a blast. <laughs> no, but I kind of agree with you. I like, I, I mean, I'm saying I really liked it a lot, but I liked it. I think it's what came down to it is my problem with most like giant kaiju movies is too much talky talky, not so smashy smashy. That was one of my main beefs. And still to this day, I'm like, okay, this is a. T- this is a great movie, and I love the world, but like, like, let's smash some of this you, world. You really wanted to see Hong Kong destroyed, not just like the market of Hong Kong destroyed. <laughs> right, right, right. What's other? Would rather see a gross domestic? Nah, never mind. <laughs> I'd like to see gross domestic product of the destruction as opposed to the gross domestic product destruction. There it is. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, um, the reason I know I didn't fully love it was more of the character interaction because. I'm not the biggest fan of Charlie Hunnam. Um, I appreciate the work he did in Sons of Anarchy, so it was good to see him and Perlman technically not together because yeah. they didn't really act together. Um, he's, he's holding his rage right now. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, he's just no. never been my favorite, and I've like purposely missed out on some films. Like, I know I need to see Green Street Hooligans. Yeah, I know I need to see that, but I'm just like, and I don't know what it is. There's just something about him that's okay. I'm getting older, and I saw that was like, this was what he's eight years ago today. when I saw it, but he was just a little too boyish for me. Yeah. Too macho, maybe? And this I know that sounds silly. <laughs> this Nightmare Junkhead podcast brought to you in part by man yelling at clouds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at his IMDb, and the only thing I've seen that he's been in is, besides Pacific Rim, is Children of Men. I haven't watched, you know, I haven't watched Sons of no, Anarchy. And, and, and I, so if you're like, hey, it's Charlie Hunt, and I couldn't, look, I couldn't point him out at a fucking police lineup actually he looks like the dude who tried to rob a dollar general the other day wow so like <laughs> wait 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 it might wait be him. i don't know i mean covid put a lot of actors on the kind of hiatus i mean i don't know i don't know him personally i mean he might he might be in kansas city who knows <laughs> robbing from a dollar general dollar fifty for a fucking slim jim yeah i'm the one being robbed. <laughs> but, no, I, I see what you're saying, Greg. You know, there, there are some actors that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to die on a hill saying that Charlie Hunnam is a fantastic, you know, whatever, Oscar-winning, you know, worthy or whatnot. I like the stuff that he does. Um, I think Triple Frontier, that Netflix movie with uh, Oscar Isaac, Ben Affleck, uh, and him that came, I think it was two years ago. See, that looks cool. I want to see it. It was really it. cool. It was, about a, it was about a robbery. It was, a, it was essentially Ocean's Eleven with four people. You know, but it, it was it was it was good action film, you know, and it was right before the pandemic set. And mm -hmm. so I, I sought that one out. But, you know, I was a fan of Sons of Anarchy just because I'm a fan of Ron Perlman. Yeah. Honestly, I will I will buy and seek anything out that that man does. Yeah. Ron Perlman is like shit. where he shows up and you're just like, hey, it's Ron Perlman. Well, it's a Del Toro movie. So at one yeah. point you should expect <laughs> you're going to. Well, the and the reason I really came around on this film is. I started seeing it a lot on HBO uh, about 2014, 2015, and it was one of those that, regardless of where it was in the movie, I would just start watching it, and I just started really starting to like it a little bit more. And then I was like, okay, Charlie Hunnam, he's fine, he's fine, you know, he's worth. And I was like, oh, I'm just really dead. And I never really watched it front to from start to finish around the, in those like that next two years, but whenever I would watch see it, I would just I could not not watch it so mm. it just kind of grew on me like it like you used to do back in the day when you would see stuff on hbo and you just you would watch it because it was on mm -hmm. and it was just one of those things but and that's i think for me kind of an ultimate ultimate compliment because it just made me want to keep watching it more and more yeah uh the first 45 minutes i couldn't wipe the smile off my face <laughs> Watching this movie, I'm not even gonna, because it just opens up with like, and then San Francisco fell, dun, 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 and you see this massive destruction, and then like, goddamn, and then like, it took six days later, and then one popped up in Manila, and then you see Manila fall, and then like, we had to turn to extreme measures, and then you see the the Jaegers in full form just beating the shit out of kaiju, and all the experimentation that happened before that, and you're like, oh, okay, okay. I'm down for giant robots beating the shit out of kaijus. Let's keep it going. So for the first 45 minutes, I was like, please just punch. I was just having a good old time. And then like, oh, let's like have love story and more talky talk. And I'm like, okay, well, I know we got to expand. And I'm like, all right, cool. 
I'm glad then they stepped in and brought in the black market aspect because mm-hmm. then that brought my interest right back up. Because honestly, I couldn't give two shits if the two people <laughs> fall in love. You know, to Charlie that's Hunter. Fair. That's fair. I just want to see them get together and get back in the Jaegers and fucking smashy, smashy more shit. I'm glad the fights were as brutal and as wonderfully choreographed as they were. They were just how the, they fought the way a giant robot versus a creature would fight they both weren't like super stiff that was the fights were excellent yeah you had the mechanical versus organic right but then that leads to the thing again the fights were so good then when there weren't fights i was like okay cool yeah let's let's, let's bring up some more monster action (laughs) i want to see that one kaiju with the shark head let's do it you know but i like what i got a lot a lot. I, I, I absolutely loved the intro and the fact that you just to shut to set up that world, the mythology, mm-hmm. and those initial attacks. There's just something about that. And again, going back to the Godzilla screening, it's just I'm thinking like this is 59 years after Godzilla, and again, Del Toro is a fan. We f- kind of get his take on Godzilla mm-hmm. because had they but you know back in the day, had they had the giant Jaeger suits. You know Japan would have employed those. Oh yeah. So the fact that he's creating he's creating this amazing little like sandbox. Yeah. And these are all the toys that he's always wanted to play with and he got a huge budget to put it all together and yeah, I think it looks like phenomenal. He's like, "Okay, I can't play with the Godzilla ones and I can't play with the Power Ranger yeah. toys or but. the Jet Jaguar toys. So I'm going to make my own. It's going to be awesome. His his are I'm the kind Ron Perlman <laughs> and I'm going to get Charlie Day. He, it's going to be dope. He had those off-brand toys that you would see at like the side stores where But he made it look, work. They looked like Iron Man, but it's not. It's, you know. No, it's those Metal like Metal Man. Metal right. Man, yeah. It's those ones that look like Transformers, but like They're Transmorphers. Yes. But but only the head flips. <laughs> like none of the other body parts move, just the head flips and maybe like the wheel turn into arms and that's about it. And you're like, "Oh, well, okay." Dun dun dun. This is better than fucking GoBots, and then you're over there just having a ball. But that's just it. Any kid with a good imagination, exactly. regardless mm-hmm. of what kind of toys they had, mm-hmm. they could they take a, a like you know a, a toothpick and make an epic adventure. Yeah, and that's what he does because he's got that imagination that is just infectious. It's youthful. You can tell he has fun doing this, and that he wants to make movies that make people go yeah at the because that's what this movie it's. I loved this film, watching it again, mm-hmm. and it just realized that, and it's, again, going from Godzilla to this, it just shows you how influence, influential this is. And again, we saw this when we were in our 30s, and maybe early 20, late 20s. Imagine seeing this as an 8-year-old or a 10-year-old yeah, as a 12-year-old. I was the same thing. If a 10-year-old, 12-year-old kid saw that, this is a Trapper Keeper coming to life. This is probably, <laughs> this is probably some kids. Trapper Keepers? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. They should. You're out of your element, Don. They should. Yeah, get back get back your house. Right. Keep the cloud. This is some kid's favorite movie. You yeah. know how they got all oh, the absolutely. Jaeger figures. They know they got all the like all the uh kaiju. They got the names of them all. In they the movie. Stats. In the movie, they're talking about how Charlie they Charlie Day toys has tattoos. And the tattoos. And all the kaijus had names. Mm-hmm. And they had the, the giant kaiju in the, the talk show. Where it's in the little Muppet form, where they became kind a of the joke. Yeah, yeah, they became like like what Freddy became. They became what kaiju's are now. I think because we don't have any more uh, atomic wars and we don't have any more actual kaiju's. Like we never had them in the first place. But at the same time, you know, we've grown up in a world where kaiju's are like fiction 
they grew up in a world where they became a joke. And mm-hmm. so, like, when it only took a kaiju actually fucking people <laughs> up again <laughs> to, like, the error of their ways. History shows again and again. But I guess it wouldn't be nature because they come from an alternate world. So. And that's what you definitely get the separation from because we even talked about... They're aliens. Yeah, Godzilla being maybe an old one, Lovecraftian thing. And Del Toro is all about getting to the Lovecraft stuff. But yeah, sure. this one is very... No, they're very much just from a different dimension and this is what they do. You know, they put together these giant monsters to mm-hmm. do a little cle- sweep and clear. Well, it makes sense because, I mean... Ghidorah himself is from Dimension X, so there's precedent in the kaiju world of Of alternate dimensions and and aliens sending their monsters to attack first. So yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty rad. It is pretty rad there. Uh, Now, one of the things, and again, it could have been a very simple giant monster, giant you know Jaeger, giant robot. The whole thing about drift compatibility and the neuro handshake. That's really cool. That's kind of detailed. That's just something I wouldn't expect to kind of fuel some of the story beats in this. Well, and and the really nice thing what Del Toro does is he doesn't linger on that. We we get the the fight sequence between Charlie Hunnam and um, I cannot remember her name. Uh, but we get that, that fight sequence between those two, and that's when they determine their compatibility. Mako. So not only do we have, you know, uh, the, the fight sequence that, that shows their compatibility, but we get personal fight sequences, we get robot fight sequences, and then we get like the, it's almost like a training montage. Mm-hmm. I was just waiting to hear the, hearts on fire. Like Charlie Hunnam lifting like a wagon of like rocks and shit. It's a redemption story as yeah. well. You know, the hero's True. journey has to have a redemption. It's a redemption for like Idris Elba, Charlie Hunnam, mm-hmm. and Mako, you know? It's also a film about dealing with trauma. Mm-hmm. The fact that and it's all about sharing the trauma. But oh it's also Lord. can we talk about that for a second? Because I know that you were kind of stuck on the 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 Mako's trauma from back in her memory. Oh my god! Yeah, that that entire scene that was heavy. That that the way That's the scene terrifying. plays out, and it looks like that giant monster is just focusing on her mm-hmm. and is literally just chasing her, cat and mouse esque, like having fun chasing this terrified little girl that just lost her family and her shoe and the shoe <laughs> so she's going around hobbling or trying to hobble away while this giant beetle kaiju is chasing right after her that's frightening and the little girl that played it played that fear real and played just the absolute uncertainty of i'm going to die at any second here because this thing is going to either eat me it's going to scratch me or something and it it terrified me watching it again now i'm just like oh my god and any time, then, you get to have Idris Elba in this great little, you know... Coming out of the Jaeger suit yeah. with the sun behind him. Forget about it. Man. Yeah. That's and the also, way I always picture Idris Elba, though. That's, well, how, yeah. that's how he just with gets the, out of the a sun car. It could like be midnight, the sun's still behind him. Majestic as <laughs> shit. Just coming out. <clears throat> but going back to the, the mental uh, compatibility, that's kind of terrifying in itself. The fact that you mm, have to yeah. make sure that like somebody... One, they have to be compatible with your brain than to enter and meld into your brain. Yeah. If it doesn't work, that's got to be painful as shit. And if it does work, you got somebody else running around in your brain. You know? Uh, there's things I don't want nobody to know. You that's know? just it. Yeah, <laughs> there's regardless. Things, and there's things that I don't want to know. I've known you, you know? For, I've known you for three plus decades, and I know there's things that I don't want to know. <laughs> right? <about you. laughs> there's things that I don't want to know. Here's the bad thing. If you two are humanity's last hope, and you have oh, to do no. the neural handshake, 
And Jay's, Jay's like, well, there's some things here that you're going to see that we might need some context for. <laughs> you have to spend, we got to go. No, no judge. No judge. <laughs> but then, like, when it comes down to it, half of the side's going to want to go and half of the side's going to run. It's going to be, like, one of those comical, like, Weird when, like, somebody flies. has We're two hands. Like when you paddle against each other on a boat, and, yeah, and then finally at the very end when it's like down to it, then we finally work together, but it's still kind of goofy. And so, like, be like, I've seen things, man. Bonk. No, I, I actually did appreciate the fact, and the fact that they, in uh, the the Godzilla versus King Kong, when they had the guy controlling the Mecha Godzilla, mm-hmm. it's through that kind of a neuro transference thing that has been established long ago so yeah. i love the fact that he's playing into that but the fact that the scale that they give the jaegers and the kaiju in this is kind of incredible and the fact that yeah it would take a toll on your mind and mm-hmm. you do need two people to do this i just little things like that i just add so much to the film yeah i don't know it's just again something that could have just been totally glossed over but they take time to invest and to, you know, develop. They make it actually, again, a big part of the world, you mm-hmm. know? Because, again, there's the training to wonder you are compatible or not and all that. And then the whole military and the fact that we're going to try this wall. And this, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's going to work, you know? Well. We're going to do... Anti-kaiju wall is what it said, like, right? literally. Hey, history shows again and again. <laughs> Walls don't work. Just boof. Because that kaiju showed like the fucking Kool Aid. The Kool Aid kaiju. Oh, yeah. Just coming out and bursting out the walls. And they're like, well, okay. You know, I would imagine there's a lot of like job industry in the construction field because. Well, you saw how many people were in that warehouse, mm-hmm. you know, when they were building the, what was it, the Pacific Wall. Well, and then the idea also is the fact that we're kind of in a dystopian society as well because people are out of work. There's this whole thing, work for some food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's things are not doing well. And the, the the world that we live outside of, we barely touched upon it. You know, we only looked at certain sections. At so the Pacific Rim. Yeah, there's so. some interesting <laughs> stuff that could go on in this world because he established it that way. It's it's so, it's again, so good. I, I love it when these movies, they're just, they reward upon the rewatch. And I don't go back and go, was kind of a bummer. It's just like no, it just energizes you. And there's a lot of lore too. There's comic oh. books, and there's mm-hmm. this, not only there's a sequel, but there's the animated show that's on Netflix now. And so like, there's a lot more Pacific Rim to explore. I just like the the lore behind the different Jaegers. You know, yeah. You, you, and, and you know, getting into the names, you know, like Gypsy Danger and you know Crimson Typhoon, which was like the three arm, the three arm one, the, yeah, the blade one. Yeah, Cherno Alpha, the the Soviet Union one, and I loved the Soviet, the Russian music that you would yeah, get every yeah, time. Da 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 da. Chernobyl Alpha, da 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 da. Big Jim Slade busting, <laughs> right? <laughs> that that's the kaiju just busting. It's just, in. It's just him. He's Big Jim kaiju, ba 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 da 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 da. But I also liked how like. Uh, the, the the Chernobyl one looked like a uh, smokestack. Yeah, just like a, a nuclear, tank. like a big, like a like a nuclear reactor mm-hmm. just became a transformer, right? And then that the the Crimson Typhoon, the the Kung Fu one, that was rad too. It was they all had their own distinct personalities depending on the driver. And like even the Russian one had Ivan Drago coming in to fucking pilot it. Well, it, you said it was a shield. I thought more of it was just like a like a Jaeger beard for the most part. You know, just this big bad burly Russian thing. No, they all had distinct personalities, characteristics. The you know, if you probably look at like the expanded universe like book, 
It'll give you all the strengths, the weaknesses, and all that kind of. It's the kind of shit that you would geek out when you are an eight to ten year old again, when you've got that free time that you want to learn. And it's like you'll be talking after you see the movie. Oh, I want to be in the Gypsy Danger. No, I want to be in the Typhoon. I, I I think I mentioned it on our Patreon episode when we did uh, Godzilla versus Kong, but I remember at Screenland there were all these young kids surrounding the poster before the movie had come out, and I overheard them talking about who was going to win. And it was it was charming as all get out because it's like that's what these kids should be talking about. Mm-hmm. And and then I was like, well, I'm going to go here in about five minutes, and my th- you know forty year old friends we're going to talk about the same thing. I think Kong's going to win. I think Godzilla's going to win. Rah! Yeah, right? <laughs> come to blows. <laughs> you guys are fighting over the couches in the front rows. Then you hear dun 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 <laughs> well, dun dun dun, know, dun dun. The other good thing about that too is that you know you've got the Pacific Rim universe kind of expanding now. You had Uprising, which was the second film, and the Netflix animated show is really good. Is it really good? This is why now, we knew we had to bring you right. on because we knew you would watch those. But I, I hope, it, just like you said, you know, when, when you reverse engineer things, the, those little kids that are staring up at that poster, I hope they go back and watch the original King Kong, the, yeah. the original Godzilla. Yeah. Because then they see, the, they, they can almost appreciate the reverence that we have for those movies. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, the question is, though, I don't know, and I, I'm not going to judge today's kids because they have so much at their fingertips and access. I know if you would have talked to me at 8 to 10 years, I would not have gone to the original King Kong, but that's me. I'm an idiot. It took me a while to get to it. I know plenty of eight to ten year olds that watch it are like, no, it's like you said, Jay, it's one of those. It's it's smashy, smashy. It's yeah. perfect. So no, I hope they do. I hope they do. And they've got so much now mm-hmm. to look into. The stuff that's being coming out now. The stuff that was already put out. The stuff that will still come out. Yeah. I mean, this is always going to have stuff coming out on this. Yeah, there's always going to, again, it's that base need of the smashy, smashy. And it's even got um, that whole, like, new kid or the, with the, coming against the, 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 the douchebag. What it's you got bring the, him here for? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this old geezer? And again, given the nature of the film, you're going to have to have that element mm-hmm. in there. And that's probably when I watched it the first time. I think it was elements like that. Kind of took me out of it initially. Like more smashy, smashy. Yeah, you know, he's here. He's here because there's nobody else. Don't be a douchebag about it. I don't want to see a blue October video. G- give me smashy, smashy. I don't care about teen angst. Right. <laughs> well, the other thing that CW's Pacific Rim. <laughs> we talked about the fact that you know Del Toro is Papa McPoyle. The fact that we've got Charlie Day in this film, and it's hard. To separate, <laughs> to separate Charlie Kelly two, right? from this, you know. I'm just waiting for, they took you, Yanker, and don't belong to them. They left you in a world of kaijus without your robot hands. And I miss you, kaijus, so bad. <laughs> Yankers. Binder of the kaijus. But think about how awesome Jack Kelly would be with those gigantic hands. Right? (laughs) (laughs) He he starts doing kung fu chops and one of them launches. Rocket fist. Are you kidding? (laughs) Forget about it. And like the the guy who gave Ron Perlman the idea to go start black marketing things. I found these eggs. (laughs) These kaiju giant eggs under the bridge. You think they're worth something? Right? He's like fucking Frank Reynolds is like one of He's the kingpin. Right? He's one of Hannibal Chow's like main underlings. One of the main Oh yeah, you can we got all sorts of stuff. You can rub it all over your body. It may it works wonders. Just like being all Frank Reynolds y. Of course there's gonna be 
Oh, yeah. No, it, again, I can see that happening. The fact that there's a partnership, there's a collaboration there. We need this to exist. Mm-hmm. We totally need to. I was half expecting like a little um, Pepe Silva like chart board of where all the kaiju sightings are. <laughs> well, and then when he was waiting for when he when fucking spoilers if you haven't seen Pacific Rim, we when he finally like uh, joined melted minds with the kaiju and mm-hmm. the kaiju was after him. I was just waiting for like a big kaiju Danny DeVito. <laughs> to open up the 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 sanctuary where they're all hey can I offer you an egg in these trying times and then lift them up King Kong style. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we play night crawlers anymore? <laughs> the fact that we didn't see any night crawlers, I'm actually quite shocked at. Uh, staying with that particular character, uh, he's his partner in crime. The other doctor, I actually appreciated as well. He's been in a lot of stuff too. He has very much a Jeffrey Combs kind of feel to mm-hmm. him. But the banner back and forth was the levity I kind of mm-hmm. needed. And also, you talked about shoes. Uh, 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 Hannibal Bru- Chow's shoes. Oh, those are those balling. Are <laughs> yeah, they were. And his they were almost like spurs, because every time he'd walk, they'd jingle. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> well, did, did anyone pick up the Johnny Dangerously reference? Yeah, I went in there once. <laughs> once. <laughs> As he shows his mangled eye. Uh, uh, there was that. Uh, the, the Even the origin of the name. You know, oh, yeah. One of them is like my favorite conquer, and the other one's like... Yeah, he said his favorite, favorite historical figure yeah. and his favorite takeout place. <laughs> and also, spoiler, the fact that technically, if you wait, watch all the, you know, the credits, he doesn't get eaten. Yeah, you think so with the, what is it, the... Giant breech birth baby kaiju. <laughs> That's a mouthful, my friend. Yeah, but no, no. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you see, he, he, he pulls a deep blue sea, a motherfucking kaiju. <laughs> he did actually. Uh, that totally, actually, that completely works that way. Uh, there is uh, within everyone else in there. We've got Charlie Day, Ron Perlman, Charlie Hunman, and the Idris Elba. Fights were great. The fights totally worked. I remember hearing people online at the point talking about that they didn't like the cinematography that, you know, oh, it's all, of course it's at night. Well, you know, sure, it's going to mask some of the stuff. You know, there's a reason. You have to, limitations, people. Mm -hmm. Although, I thought the CGI was really freaking good. It held up. Yeah, definitely held up. Coming from a man in suit to something 59 years later, because listen, we like uh, Robot Jocks is mm-hmm. one of those you know mid '90s films that kind of featured Jaegers that was stop motion. Because every time they try to make these giant monster movies or these giant robot movies, there's always the limitations of the technology. Because of course the the imagination is always going to go more. But what are we limited to by the technology? The CGI in that was really it was really good, really well done. And Ooh. I think partially is setting it at night. For the most part, but putting it in water and rain, that doesn't that add to kind of the complexity of it for the well, most part? Then you, yeah, you give the kaiju all the ability to really pop on the screen because mm-hmm. every one of them had some type of neon. The neon, yeah. And some yeah. sort of weird power, too. Yeah. That's the like thing the I like. EMP pulse. Yeah, and the EMP spitter pulse with or, the, acid. or the acid spitter, and there's different kinds and different mm-hmm. styles. And then even when even the Jaegers had their own, like, make it sword and the battles themselves. You could see them clearly. You could see them well choreographed. And when they fought, it was cheerworthy. Like when he, I, I think I said, I'm like, well, Del Tormo gives the people what they want to see. Because, of course, if someone's got a sword, 
that they're fighting a giant monster with, you're going to want to see them get cut in half. Yeah. And sure as fuck, just a slice, just bifurcated that kaiju. You know what? glorious. I didn't realize I needed was to actually uh, see a giant robot use a giant ocean freighter as a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> and when he's when the when the robot when the Jaeger is carrying it, did you know this little thing? It did a little flip mm-hmm. really quickly, just very subtle. Like and I, I yes, and I'm to me that's the little thing that Del Toro puts in there. That blink and you miss it, it's no big deal. But it's just like that's a cool little feature. Well, there's another little feature um, for those who play video games. The voice of the robot Jaegers that was like three minutes till countdown was the voice of the main villain from the Portal games. Oh, mm. yeah, that's a fun series. It's a puzzle game where you basically uh, the robot killed everybody on Earth and just wants to test people, and that's what they're doing. So, yep, plays Gladys. The groovy, the groovy mule. mule. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There's the list. There's the Simpsons reference. Uh, the expansion of the wings and the flying. That was rad. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, was rad. Uh, there was names. They all had names, too. Um, there was Knifehead, Yamaruchi. There was uh, Shriek. I, there was, I think that one was called, uh, the one that mutated was like Mutagore. <laughs> That's so they all had like these really cool names, and you know there's action figures and there's all that stuff, and that's what I love about it. Well, yeah, within the universe, and well, yeah, did we get Pacific Rim figures in the real world? Not necessarily within the Pacific world. So. World, okay. I think so. Oh, here we go. Um, <clears throat> list of kaiju names. There was Onibaba, uh, Knifehead, Yamarashi, Mutavor, which I think is the one with the leather wings that changes yeah. and stuff. Uh, leatherback, which I think would be the the ape-like one. That one was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otachi, Raiju, Scunner, and then the big giant one that did squiddly foo. Yeah. That was uh, Slattern. The sl- Slattern. That was the Category Five. Category Five on the Shizozawa scale. That's even better. Mm-hmm. That's even better. But to answer your other question, yeah, NECA did release a seven-inch line of uh, Pacific Rim figures. And you know, from NECA, I mean, they're going to be awesome. Are there Super toys, art- toys like for kids? Oh yeah, yeah, there were. They they didn't really latch on very well because you know Pacific Rim kind of hit in the, you know, kind of hit and missed. But you know, those oh. people hit with it hit with. <laughs> oh, there sure are some cool action figures. There's like ones for collectors and there's ones for like kids for the children. I <laughs> shall have them all. I was going to say, next time I come over here, I'm sure there's going to be a line of Jaeger and Kaiju there just greeting me. Uh, but uh, now, Del Toro didn't do anything. Did he produce the sequel? I think so. He produced okay. the sequel, didn't okay. direct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know John Boyega was in it, which uh, that's still, that's like, you're definitely still punching up with that. Right and after Star Wars, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, unfortunately, they didn't capture the same type of, you know, like lightning in a bottle that the first one did. Sure. And I think they tried to overcapitalize on John Boyega, his his popularity at the time. It just didn't have the same heart as the first movie. And I mean, I'm not saying that it was a bad movie. It just it just lacked the pop for me. Was there more smashy smashy or still about the same? Still about the same smashy smashy. There needs to be all smashy smashy. There needs to be like nobody a, talks the entire movie. Just smashy smashy. Just like just drop you in the middle of the battle and make the battle like 90 minutes of. Another little thing is them being dropped into battle by helicopters and have them have to like transport them. There's they just should be a- rocket powered. That's the thing. The they should have like blasters at their feet or ass or something, just like <laughs> flying a battle. Ass blasters. There we go. <laughs> Isn't that Tremors actually? That's, That's Tremors, the Tremors one. That's yeah. the ass blasters where they come out and they're like. Ring. 
And then Shit Weasels, that's yeah. from uh, Dreamcatcher. Yeah. Where are we going with that? That is know. awful. That is awful. Uh, other thoughts on Pacific Rim before we try to close the breach here? Mm, I thought the monsters were cool as hell. I really enjoyed that. And, like, the it, the sacrifice at the end. You mm-hmm. know, that was that bittersweet. That was a cool effect when they blew up, when oh, he blew man. up the main bomb to kill mm-hmm. the two gag- uh, kaijus that was killing him. And then when he chose the fish just dropping out of the air, that brief second where all the water is yeah. gone. You, you had a Moses dome. kind of, yeah, you know, that was rad. Splitting the seas. <clears throat> yeah, no, little, 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 little details like that just add a lot to the film, just to the, again, to the world itself. I need to go back and check out the animated series, and I need to check out the sequel. Like, I want to go back to the world it, of It's Yeagers. worth your time. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it's it's bad or anything, but, I mean, I uh, personally, I enjoyed the animated series more than I enjoyed the sequel. Well, you know you hit it big when you have mockbusters now, because they have, like, Atlantic Rim and Trans-Pacific Rim. <laughs> like, they really had... Arctic Rim. No, it's Atlantic Rim. It's from, like, the Asylum gang. I was going to say, is, so. is that a badge of honor when Asylum, basically... It's like when Weird Al does a parody song. If Asylum makes a parody movie, you know you've done well. I don't know. I think that's more like, hey, they make money. Let's trick people. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, can I get Pacific Rim? No, you have Pacific Rim at home. And that home is the trans- the Atlantic Rim. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, rants. <laughs> I think it's just trying to cash in on like false advertising or like forgetful people. What was that movie called? Pacific Rim or Atlantic Rim? Ketchup, ketchup. You know, it's just one of those. <laughs> well, so, I was going to say, sadly, we realized we probably shouldn't talk about the porn parody name because that will, you know, definitely uh, have some cancellations. <laughs> so we'll leave that to the very end here. Uh, but uh, final thoughts before we wrap things up here? Go, go watch it. Yeah, watch it now. Yeah, I. I like I said, I have not probably watched it front to back since I saw it in the theater in 2013. Multiple, you know, viewings on HBO, but front to back, man, it is a lot of fun. Even even at two hours plus, I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. The music wasn't as dun 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 dun, but it was still driving and pulsing, and the Jager themes were pretty yeah. dope. So no. no, I enjoyed this movie a lot. It, it it definitely is that smashy smashy fix that I need. And the fact that it's like fucking robots versus giant monsters. It's the, what you would want. It's exactly what you want and what you expect. So no, I dig it highly. Should I go set up some shoeboxes so you can ravage the front room? Bum, 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 bum. But only then if you get like Biscuit and Davy and all of them set up in some sort of like Jaeger cat-like <laughs> devices. No, they're the they're the kaijus. They're the kaijus. The and I'm going to are... just be in like a couple of like, cardboard boxes. <laughs> like, like, oh, I'm the Jaeger. Dun, 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 dun. Row! And they just attack, and yeah. I realize that's some good Patreon content there. <laughs> <laughs> to the cardboard boxes. So, yep. Dustin, thank you as always, thank man, for guys. coming and uh, joining us here, and always sitting in and oh, adding absolutely. elements of action. Hanging out. Uh, mm. We'd be doing this anyway, so as appreciated. So, until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Yeah.